We're going to turn and read God's Word together now, God's enduring and unchanging Word, God's Word which doesn't change throughout the generations. We're going to read Psalm 78 verses 1 to 7 together. So please do have your Bibles open to Psalm 78. Psalm 78, Psalm 78 is a contemplation of Asaph. Now as we read, we remember, this is God's word. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Amen. We'll end our reading there at the end of verse 7. Now, boys and girls, this being a slightly different service from usual, there's no children's address. There is one sermon for people of all ages. So I want you to be paying attention to the sermon today. Uh, grown-ups, I want you to pay attention as well. I know sometimes the grown-ups listen to the children's address more than they listen to the sermon. Well, uh, there's only one today, folks, so uh, that's all you have to take in. It's gonna come as, uh, not as a surprise to anybody here that I'm a rugby man. I've shared that with you before. I'm enjoying the football, I have to say. I'm enjoying the Euros at the minute. I love international sport. I love the knockout aspect of, of competitions. Um, I'm looking forward to that stage of the Euros. Personally, I would love Belgium to do well. I would love to see Belgium win it, but I think the Italians and the French are looking too good for that. That's very much besides the point. I'm in, into rugby, and as an Ulster man, I support the Ulster rugby team. This is an Ulster rugby shirt. I support Ulster rugby. Now, I have two boys, as you know. My eldest isn't really into sport. My youngest is on the fence about the whole thing. But when it comes to rugby teams, there's no option. There's no choice. In fact, I've taught them both that when it comes to international rugby, there are only two teams that we ever support. We support Ireland, and we support anybody who's playing England. <laughs> Those are the only two teams we support when it comes to rugby. We don't negotiate in the Maguire House. You don't have an option over which team to support. If you ever choose to take an interest in rugby, it's Dromore, it's Ulster, it's Ireland, and it's the Lions. That's who we support. You could even say that I have catechized or indoctrinated 
my children into this. I wonder if it's the same in your house. I wonder, is, are there things that you have taught to your children and that's just the way it is in our house? There's no option about this. I've been learning that people do this with farm machinery. To me, a tractor is a tractor, but I've met people who are so fiercely loyal to New Holland that they wouldn't use a John Deere. And I've met people who are the opposite way around. Boys and girls, have you been taught to follow a team? Have you been taught to use a certain type of machinery? And that's just the way it is in your house. There's no option about these things. There's other things that we share as a family that there's no choice in. You can take a look at my face. You can take a look at my wife's head. And you can tell that my boys had no option. They were always going to be redheads, albeit different shades of red. The way they look, the way they behave, children take after their parents. That's how it is that the old saying goes, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And this is true about the things that we teach our children about the world as well. There are things that we teach our children that are facts, and we teach them as facts about the world. Boys and girls, if I asked you what colour is the sky, who can tell me what colour is the sky? I know it's grey today, but what colour is it normally? It's blue. The sky is blue. What colour is grass? Green. Grass is green. What colour is a New Holland? Blue. <laughs> what colour is a John Deere? See, you get my point. In all sorts of ways, in all sorts of times, we teach our children things that are true about the world. Boys and girls, think about the last time you had to cross a road and you're with your mum or dad or your granny or granddad. Didn't you reach up and take their hand? Didn't you look both ways? Didn't you wait until your parents told you it was time to cross? It's a fact that roads are dangerous. That's something we learn from our parents. And so my point is for all of us today, boys and girls and mums and dads, grannies and grandas, aunts and uncles and big cousins, all of us here in the church family, if we share the way we look with our children, if we share our loyalty to certain teams and organisations with our children, if we share the truths of the world with our children, shouldn't we also be responsible enough to share our faith with our children? That's what the psalm we read, Psalm 78, encourages us to do. If you have your Bible there, I would encourage you to look it up. Boys and girls, you might need mum or dad to help you look it up. Psalms is pretty much in the middle of your Bible. If you let your Bible fall open in the middle, you'll find the Psalms there. You're looking for number 78. If you need to look it up at the contents at the front of your Bible, there's no problem with that. And as people are finding it, let me just say, if there's anybody here who doesn't have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, let me know about that. And I can help you out with getting a Bible. There are lots of versions 
even lots of types of each version. I'm more than happy to help you out in figuring out what Bible to buy. I would even buy it for you folks. So if you don't have a Bible, let me know. Let's look at Psalm 78. You see what it says? It says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. This is Asaph speaking on God's behalf to God's people. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old which we have known and heard and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Psalm 78 is an instruction to us as Christian people to teach the next generation the praises of God. Tell them of his strength, of his wonderful works. And why wouldn't we want to do that? Why wouldn't we want to tell them about God's wonderful works? What are God's wonderful works? Well, you know them. God has made this world. He's made everything in it. God made you. God made me. God made the sky, the sun, the moon, the stars. God made the grass to grow in the fields. Whenever you take a bite of food, you have that food because God created it for you to keep you alive. What wonderful works to share with our children. And how easy it is. How easy it is to look out the window and say, God made that. What other wonderful works has God done? Well, not only has he created the world, but because of the fall and the sinful nature of the world, God has sent his son to die on the cross. God sent his son so that we could be recreated, so that we could be made new, no longer in sin, but now in Christ. What a wonderful thing to share with our children. Boys and girls, have you ever felt guilty about something? I know I have. Have you ever felt guilty about something you've done? Isn't it good to know that God has sent Jesus so that we can be forgiven? <coughs> so that you don't have to punish yourself for something you've done? God has sent Jesus to be punished on your behalf. Look at the next few verses. Verse 5, For he established a testimony in Jacob, and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. You see how the Christian faith works? One generation tells the next generation who tells the next generation, and so on, and so on, so that thousands of years after this psalm was written, here we are. Because somebody told us. Somebody told us about the Christian faith. We tell our children the wonderful works of God. We tell them his commandments. We teach them about salvation, which is only found in Christ, so that they may not despair in this life which is difficult and hard so that our children may hope in God. 
and pass that hope on to their children. That's why I call this service Passing on the Faith. We have the Olympics coming up, another sporting illustration for you. Another event which has been delayed by a year because of COVID and I hope the Olympics will happen in the summer. At the Olympics there's usually a relay event, isn't there? Usually towards the end. Whenever I was at school, I loved sports day and watching the relay. Like in many schools, the competition at Barnes Academy was between different houses. And the last event on sports day was the upper sixth boys four by 100 meters relay. And it was a huge event and everybody would, would gather around, crowding in to see who would win. The thing about a relay race, whether it's at the Olympics or whether it's at sports day, is that it's not really about the person that can get around the track the fastest. It's about the team which can get the baton around the track the fastest. If you drop the baton, it doesn't matter how quick you are, you fail then you will lose. It's not about getting the people around, it's about getting the baton around. Passing on the Christian faith to our children is like that. As parents and as older people in the church, it's our job to hold out the baton of the Christian faith and make it as simple and as easy as possible for our children to grasp hold of it. For them to come to faith in Christ so they can have all of the blessings and benefits of everlasting life so they can pass it on to their children. But boys and girls, young people, you have a responsibility too. You've got to reach out and grab it. Your parents, your Sunday school teachers, good news club leaders, the minister, your aunts and uncles, your grannies and grandas, we're holding out the baton for you. You need to grab hold of it. We want to tell you about the wonderful works that God has done. And so that's why this sermon's for everybody. It's not just about holding out the baton, it's about grabbing hold of the baton. Boys and girls, I want you to hear today, young people, I want you to hear today, you are part of this church. I've often heard people say, children are the church of tomorrow. But that's not quite true. Children are the church of today, along with everybody else. You're the church of today. We as older people in the church, we want, to know, we want you to know that this is your church. We want to love you and serve you and pass on the Christian faith to you. The faith that was passed to us, we want to pass it on to you. We want you to trust in Jesus. We want you to be saved from your sins and have everlasting life. You know, boys and girls, young people, there were times whenever I was younger, as a boy, I did want to go to church. There were times that I didn't want to go to Sunday school. There were times I didn't want to learn the memory verse. I didn't want to learn the catechism. But I am so grateful today for all those people, especially my parents, who made me do those things. They made me do them because 
although I could see it or understand it, those things were for my good. In the same way that they made me eat my peas and eat my broccoli, I might not have liked it, but it was good for me. And now, standing here 30 odd years later, I know that it was good for me. And I am so, so thankful. Young people, boys and girls, take some time today to be thankful, to think about how much your parents love you, that they would make you go to church, even when you don't want to be here, because they know that passing on the Christian faith to you is the most important thing they can do, and it really is for your good. Think about that today. Maybe even think about thanking your parents or grandparents for what they've done to pass on the faith. Now, mums and dads, I want to speak to you for a minute. Ordinarily, at this time of year, we would have Children's Day. One of the things that happens on Children's Day is parents get to see what their children have been learning throughout the past year. You're able to look in on the lessons the children have been learning. But this year, we don't need to have that service. Because you, as parents, are especially aware of what your children have been learning spiritually. You've been the ones teaching them. In the same way that you've been responsible for homeschooling for much of the last year, you've also been responsible for home Sunday schooling, for passing on the faith. I'm not sure that that's a bad thing. I think it might be a good thing. We should need a Sunday in June for parents to find out what their children are being taught. We should be fully aware. It's our responsibility as parents. It's part of the, the vows that we take at the baptism of our children that we will pass on the Christian faith. Whenever the Sunday school movement started in the 19th century, it was resisted by some factions within the Presbyterian Church. It might be hard to believe, but Sunday school was resisted by those in the church. And the reason it was resisted is because there was a concern that parents would no longer take responsibility for the Christian nurture and upbringing of their children. That parents would instead pass the responsibility on to Sunday school teachers. Well, COVID-19 put an end to that. It's forced us as parents to resume that responsibility. I want to suggest to you today that Sunday school is very good. The Sunday school here in Jarrett's Pass is great. And we want to help you raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord in any way we can. But parents, it's your responsibility to take ownership of how your children are raised and what they're being taught. Sunday School Good News Club, those are good things. They're a help, they're an encouragement, they're an accompaniment to what you're already doing in your home. It's your job to hold out that baton of faith so that the next generation can grab hold of it. This is Father's Day, so I'm told by my sons. Let me encourage fathers 
you need to step up to the plate. You need to take responsibility for the Christian nurture of your children. I know that the pandemic has been hard. I'm a dad. I'm a parent. I understand that this has been tough. It's put a strain on family life. But perhaps a silver lining of this dark cloud might be that parents have taken our duty to pass on the faith more seriously than we did before. One way that Christians have sought to pass on the faith in the past is through the practice of family or household worship. I know that it's been an incredible blessing for our family trying to sit down every day, and I, I say that we try to do it because we don't do it every day. We open the Bible, we read it, we pray together. There's nothing complicated, there's nothing super spiritual. We've talked before about how God does extraordinary things through ordinary means. When Kate and I were first married, I have to say to my shame that I feel at this task. I thought it had to be super spiritual, I thought it had to be really significant each time we prayed together, and I built the expectations up so high that whenever we didn't meet them, we gave it up. I didn't realise then what I know now. It's important to keep it simple. God works when we read his word. But you will be amazed. You will be amazed at the cumulative effect of day after day seeking to read through passages in the Bible, saying simple prayers together. It will make a huge difference to your family. Whenever I was a teenager, I went on holidays with the Scouts to France. I went for a week, maybe 10 days to France. And one of the things we visited was a cave. And there are caves in the south of France, and there are caves in our own country that you can visit. Limestone caves. And I can't remember which are the stalactites and which are the stalactites. I can't remember which is which. But it's amazing to see that a drip, drip, drip of water that to you and I, whenever we look at it, just looks like a tiny drip of water over the course of hundreds and thousands of years as that water lands on the ground and as the limestone in the water turns to rock it builds up and from the roof it builds down and over time those two, the stalagmites and the stalactites, meet each other and they form pillars. They form strong pillars. One drip doesn't look like much, but over time, they form strong, strong pillars. That's what we should be doing for our children. One, one off, reading the Bible together doesn't look like much. And I can assure you, in our house, there is nothing super spiritual about the experience of family worship. But let me finish by saying I'm here to help you with this. If you're intrigued about this, maybe you've never even heard that term family or household worship before. If you're intrigued about how best to pass on faith to the next generation, come to me and talk about it. It's maybe more important now than it was 50 years ago. 
I would be delighted to get you started on the right track. Making disciples is a task that Jesus has given to the church. One way we can do that, and it's only one way, is passing the faith on to the next generation. Telling the generations to come the praises of the Lord, his strength, his wonderful works. And telling our children about the wonderful love that God has for them. And boys and girls, God loves you. God sent his son to die for you on the cross to bring you salvation. How wonderful is it that Jesus would die for a sinner like me? For a sinner like you? I want you to know more than anything, more than how important it is to support the Ireland rugby team. More than the sky is blue, more than roads are dangerous. I want you to know that Jesus has died, that he has risen again, so that your sins can be forgiven and you can have everlasting life. Let's pray together.